I'm David Bryan. And I'm Brenda Bryan. This is Renovation Made Right. If you're considering a remodeling project now or sometime in the future, Renovation Made Right is your single source to help guide you through getting the project you want and an experience that you'll enjoy. Renovation Made Right tackles topics that range from how to select the right project and contractor to tips on surviving the remodeling process to best practices for kitchen and bath design. We have over 30 years of experience in the industry and are owners of the well-established design-build remodeling company Black Dog Builders in Salem and Nashua, New Hampshire. We're sitting down with industry professionals to tap into their experiences and insights so we can equip you with the tools you need to make your own project a success. Hey, welcome back to another edition of Renovation Made Right. I am David Bryan with my beautiful co-host and wife. Brenda Bryan. Welcome. Thank you very much. Glad to be back. So uh, we've covered a bunch of different topics as of late, um, and uh, and we're ready to jump into a different one yet still again today. And one of the things that you have always enjoyed, and uh, I think... I know it's impacted the way you think about design, and when you when you work with a client or when you you know when you do stuff personally, um, is the idea of space efficiency and and not like bigger is not always better. Bigger is rarely better. Right, and yeah. and it's not uncommon that we have clients who will come to us uh, and who will um, who will say, "Hey, uh, I think we need an addition." Right, and and very often after we actually really understand what they want to accomplish. Right. It can be accomplished within the walls they already have. Right. So yeah, tell us typically. a little. Yeah. So what's inspired you to sort of think about um, about small, bigger is not better and, and, and what's influenced you with some of your design thoughts about uh, around the idea of, of you know, tiny house or, or just maybe even not so as extreme as tiny house, but small, mm-hmm. uh, more efficient design. Yep. Okay. So let's. Let's go back. I, I have a whole philosophy about this, and I'm I'm very passionate about it. Um, and I have been for a while. Uh, there was a woman, an architect named um, Sarah Susanska, who um, came out with a book, I don't know, probably close to 20 years ago, 15, 20 years ago, called The Not-So-Big House. And her premise was that people, you know, houses have continued to get bigger and bigger and bigger, and we use up space at the uh, cost of quality, right? So we things keep getting bigger. There's more quantity, way less quality. And it also affects the way we live and feel in a space. So if you back that up a little bit, so up until, I don't know, right through the 1970s, people were having, you know, three, four, five kids. It's pretty typical, have a larger family. But houses were about maybe max 2,000 square yeah. feet, yeah. right? And now we have families who are having maybe one or two kids, maybe three, and they're living in houses that are three, four, 5,000 square feet. So we, we bought a contemporary ranch. How many square feet was that ranch? Eight, 1,800. Before we, 1,800 square feet and... A family raised eight Irish kids yeah. in that house. Yeah. Eight kids yeah. in 1,800 square feet. Yeah, they were all on top of each other. Now, I'm not suggesting that that's really the way you want to live with eight kids, but I'm, I'm suggesting that, yes, you can live quite comfortably with two kids in a, in a house that's 1,800, 2,000, 2,500, um, and, and be very comfortable. So how did we get there? So that like that is part of the the thought process. You know, where where did we come to this point where we have these huge huge houses? Um, it's the American and, way. Bigger is better. <laughs> bigger is better. But really, a lot of that the 
the movement toward that was driven by banks because, you know, way back when people didn't have mortgages, they built the house that they could afford to build at, at the time. Sure. And they didn't have a mortgage. And then when somebody clever thought, oh, you know, we don't, we can get what we want now. We don't have to wait 20 years to save up the money to build the house that we want. Um, and there were mortgages. Banks started to define what a house was worth based not so much on quality, sure. but more on quantity, because that's quantifiable. I mean, mm -hmm. that, that's the definition of the word. So they could look at it and say, okay, so obviously a 2,000 square foot house is going to be worth more than a 1,500 square house, and a 3,000 square foot house is going to be worth more than a 2,000 square foot house, even if it's poorly laid out, it's poorly designed, the materials that are used within it are not as nice, right? So, um, so I, th I think we've continued to buy into this bigger is better mindset, and it's basically driven by numbers people, accountants, mm. yeah. not, not by the beauty or the functionality or the efficiency that well, your home has. And I also think over the, over the course of uh, you know, more recent times, true, we have become an instant gratification society for a lot of different reasons, mm -hmm, right? I'm mm -hmm. sure there's a lot of other backstories that I don't understand and a lot of, a, a lot of um, you know, influences in society. But at the end of the day, we don't like to wait. So if we can have our big house now instead of build it over the course of three generations right. to add multiple rooms, uh, you know, that's, that's the way we think, right? Right. But it's also led to, you know, what I call, and a lot of people call, McMansions. Sure. Where you have, you know, 4,000 square foot homes, 5,000 square foot homes that are just shoddily built. Yeah. And, or you know, that, there's that, not... that aren't badly built necessarily, but they have three people living in them. Right. Is right. that really yeah. is that is really, that really necessary? necessary? Right, that you're rolling around in here. Right. And 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 put that keep this in mind too. Not only do, you know, when you have that kind of square footage, do you have to, you build it, you have to furnish it, you have to clean it, you have to heat it, you have to cool it. And so a house becomes not so much a place of safety for a lot of people as it does become an albatross around their neck. Hmm. Right? Or, you know, or the way in which they exhibit status. Right. Right. But also it can, it can provide a lot of stress. Sure. You know, you think about, okay, I've got this big house, so I need to maintain it. I need to pay for it. And now all of a sudden I can't take the job that I really want because the job that I have right now pays more. You know, you're selling yourself out to the man. <laughs> so just right. this is my, my hippie cred coming through. But, but I really believe that um, people can live smaller and more comfortably and have less stress in their life. It, when they're not thinking about all the stuff that they own, which frankly owns them. Right. And so let's be clear about this too. Because, you know, as of late, in addition to um, Sarah Sasanka's philosophies, which I know are near and dear to your heart, there's this whole tiny house movement. We're not right. really talking about that. We're not yeah. talking about uh, encouraging our clients to put 150 square feet on a trailer and live in it with three kids. Yeah. Right? Oh, that's, 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 no. not, that's not the, the idea. But the idea is... Um, how smart can we be? It's not that hard to make a great space when there's tons of room. Right. Right. It's a lot harder to make wonderful design that fulfills your family's needs when there's a lot of constraints. Mm -hmm. Right. And, that, and that's actually, for us, where the fun comes. Right. One of the things um, she talks about. So when you're talking about smaller spaces, first of all, and I, I, again, from a design standpoint, 
houses started to get big and it was out of status, right? So you look at places that are designed for groups of people to go, you know, large restaurants, large facilities like that. And people started to bring that those architectural elements into their homes mm. because they thought, oh, when I uh, entertain twice a year, by the way, when I, I entertain in big groups, this is going to be amazing. Right. What they don't think about is the 98% of the time that they're not entertaining and yet they're rolling around in these spaces that feel too big mm -hmm. um, for the three people that are living there. I, and yeah. so it, it makes you feel uncomfortable. Now, like, go back, go back to this. We all kind of have a, like a caveman living in us, right? You know, this, this sort of this inner, uh, Id, right? That we need to keep safe and control and make you feel comfortable. You're going, you're going with the inner id. You're going to lose me pretty quick because you're a lot smarter than me. I know. That's okay. Id. That's okay. Try and keep it. <laughs> it's going to be tough. So, <laughs> so the thing is, though, if you if you have a really large space that you're in, say you've you've built this, you have this big house, you have four thousand, five thousand square feet, and you're in your living room, but you're by yourself and you're reading a book in your living room. You think, oh well, you know, this will be a lovely place to read a book. No. What people find is they're really uncomfortable. It's cavernous. It's cavernous, and you don't feel cozy. Right. Cozy, by definition, is kind of small and snug. And so... You, you can see the predators coming. Yeah, you can see the predators the, well, coming. Well, because, because when, to your point about the whole caveman thing, a, a lot of what still drives us, even as, you know, what we think is relatively evolved species, a lot of what still drives us are those primordial, you know, impulses of, like, okay... Uh, we got to be safe. We right. got to, you know, what 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 keeps us safe? We we make decisions every day unconsciously about those things that will keep us safe. Yeah, absolutely. So, and even if you think about if you go into a restaurant and there are, you know, it's relatively, you know, it's maybe half full and there's a bunch of booths against the wall and then there's a bunch of tables out in the open, where are you going to pick? Always Give go to the choice. booth. Always go to the booth. Everybody goes with the booth, right. right? You always want the booth. Why is that? It feels safer. Mm -hmm. You feel, you know, you're hemmed in on one side, you got a wall on one side, it feels, it it's, it's more conducive to you feeling comfortable in that right. space, right? It's your inner caveman or your inner gerbil basically is like okay I want a cozy space to sit right. and it makes you feel calm and comfortable as opposed to sitting out in the middle of the room where you really can't see around you um, and and ultimately again this is your subconscious but it makes you feel less safe so it's the same thing in your home if you're sitting in a room that's too big that's designed for 40 people to be comfortable or even 20 people to be comfortable and yet it's just you you will not really feel comfortable in that space right um, so it's better to think about spaces that are designed for 98% of your life and then rent out a facility <laughs> when you're going to have a big party. Well, and to, right? that, yeah, and to that point, I know, like, I grew up in a house. I think you grew up in a house where there were, there were parts of the house that were cordoned off to the kids. Oh, yeah. Like, you didn't go into this room or you didn't go into that room. Or mm -hmm. we might have had a formal dining room, but the truth is, and I'm not saying this is a good thing. In fact, I'd say this is a bad thing. We ate dinner in front of the TV. Right? Right. We never use the formal dining room. Right. And God forbid I step foot in the formal living room. Right. Right. And that With Your grubby little self. Right. Yeah. And, uh, and why, like to your point, um, wouldn't it be better if you designed a home where all the space had value to you? Right. Right. Value all the time. Right. right? You know. Right. Um, exactly. Not being used two days a year. Right. Right. You know, and it's a show place where nobody else can touch. Right. It seems foolish to me. Yeah. Um, so the other the other thing to think about, and again, this is relates back to the sort of that that, that inner that inner caveman that inner gerbil, um, is a lot of people talk about designing with feng shui, 
Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've heard of that, people out in the audience. It's um, a very ancient um, Chinese method of how you set your home up to feel comfortable for you and also bring you good luck. Um, and feng shui is essentially what I'm talking about here. Um, it is the ability to design a home that makes you feel comfortable and supported. Like one of the things they talk about was in feng shui is you'd never put a bed underneath a window. And the reason you don't put a bed underneath a window is when 2,000 years ago people were coming up with these thoughts, a bandit might come in and kill you. Or <laughs> windows were leaky and also, you know, <laughs> they, they didn't keep the air out and so it would be cold, right? This is just common sense. Mm -hmm. And so and so feng shui has grown out of what is essentially common sense, um, but it still talks about what ultimately feels comfortable to us as people. So that's my, my big thing. I'm not over designing a space, um, not over, not not over designing, not making a space too large, mm -hmm. um, right. because that's if anything you're going in the wrong direction. So yeah, I mean, we, we've circled that back to our business. The, the number of times we have clients, like I said, come to us thinking they need more space, um, but after we then sit down, so that's another part of it, right? What you're talking about too is people really thinking, um, thinking differently about how they define their needs, mm -hmm. right? And when you can get someone to think differently about how they define their needs, you can then um, help them differently, right? Mm -hmm. Because not just say, okay, in order for you to get that, you need to do this, right? Right. Um, and, uh, and maybe what you do, you know, depending on the need, it's less expensive as an example to finish a part of your basement if you really need more space for a certain function or purpose. And then the work you want to do upstairs, you can do at a higher level because you're not adding a lot of expensive square footage outside your home, right? Right, And so you can then really put the things in that will make you truly happy, whether that's you know a, a beautiful set of built-in cabinets or whether that's uh, high-end appliances, whether that's whatever it might be. Right. You know, when you're efficient with, your, with the volume of space, you can be more productive with the, with the finishes and more uh, effective with, with getting you really what you truly want. Right, absolutely. One of the other things to think about is, you know, a lot of older homes that we walk into, the houses are very chopped up. So, and that's one reason people say, oh, you know, I need an addition. I want, a, I want a great big space that I can see everything. So instead of doing that, again, I often recommend let's open up some walls. Let's, and again, it's, it's not, this is not so much um, to create spaces that are so big, but when you define certain spaces, so say instead of opening a wall all the way to the ceiling, you actually leave part of the wall available, but you, uh, I'm not gonna be able to explain this well over a podcast, um, we're going to have to put some pictures in. Uh, but um, you basically open up a doorway, right? So that above the doorway, there's still wall. So that's defining that space. Say mm -hmm. I'm in a kitchen, um, but now I've got a big 8-foot or 10-foot opening out into the dining room, which used to be a formal dining room, and there was a wall in between that. So now I've connected these two spaces so they feel more like one, but I haven't added any square footage to my home. Mm -hmm. Um, and yet it feels bigger. And also part of that is sight lines, right? Like if you think about, we obviously have some work going on in the background, so everybody's <laughs> hearing these big booms. If you can hear any of these noise in the background, it's a dumpster next door in, our, in, the, in the neighbor next door that is uh, uh, dumping away. So. so we're all cringing here as we listen to this noise. But anyway, I'm going to just bypass that annoyance. Um, <laughs> so when you create sight lines in your house, your house actually feels bigger without being bigger. Right. Right. You know, if you're if you're not having like choppy little room, choppy little room, choppy little room, if you connect those spaces visually so you can see from one space to the other, that will give you the feeling of a larger house, but still give you that feeling of closeness and coziness um, 
and and you don't actually need more square footage. Mm-hmm. So and still you know, allow, and, and still allow the rooms to be separated or defined independently of each other. Right. You say, like, you know, very clearly this is the kitchen, very clearly this is the dining, very clearly this is the family room, but but they're still open to each other. So you can have a conversation with somebody who's in the family room but still feel like, you know, that space feels cozy. Um, So... Um, and, and again, I would highly recommend if you're you're thinking about this, pick up Susan Sosanska's book and um, books. She actually has multiple now. And one of the things she talks about is shelter Sarah. around activity. Sarah, sorry. Um, thank you for correcting me. <laughs> see? See how smart you are? Now you're like right on top of it. Um, but one of the things she talks about is shelter around activity. So um, be basically creating a space that is kind of carved out um, in your home for a specific activity, like, you know, like a place to play games or puzzles, right? It could be, you could do something as small as a small, a very small, like, addition off the house with a lowered ceiling in that section to just create a feeling of coziness around that particular thing. Well, let's let's talk about, like, the idea of a small addition, because um, early in our career, uh, when we spent time working with another kitchen company before we actually had our own showroom and so forth, um, one of the things I learned from a wise old designer, he would call us to talk about on the construction side um, that he wants an addition that just takes the width of the kitchen and moves it out of the wall two three feet, feet two or, feet, two right. feet, three feet, right? Yeah. Something like that. And I would I would marvel at the amount, because that's a lot of work, right? It's to, to make a room, to move the outside wall of a house out two or three feet is not inexpensive. Uh, it's obviously a lot less expensive than moving it out 16 feet, uh, but it's not inexpensive. It's a pretty involved process. Um, and I thought, man, that's a lot of effort for just a couple of feet. But then when when this gentleman was able to show me the difference between the kind of kitchen that he could give to his clients with a two-foot bump out versus the kind of kitchen you can give to his clients with no bump out, right. it was oh, like it's significant night yeah. and day, right? So right. You, you all of a sudden, for a relatively small, we call them bump outs, essentially, for a relatively small bump out, you create a, like a complete category change in the quality of kitchen, mm-hmm. right? And and consequently, a, a pretty meaningful change in the quality of life for the people living in that house. Right. Well, and the beauty of part is when you're talking about two, three bump outs, you actually don't require a foundation underneath it. So there's a lot of costs that are eliminated exactly. by doing something like that. Right. And, and you're right. It can make all the difference. I mean, we sometimes talk about, you know, just us in our, in our family, because we're boaters, the difference in you know a foot in a boat yep. makes a huge difference. So yep. Two feet in a boat makes a huge difference. Well, that's also true in a kitchen. Right. Basically, you can wedge yeah. a ton more stuff and and um, functionality in a space with really just an extra foot or two. That's it's exactly amazing. Right. Yep, that's exactly right. So, um, let's see. Was there anything else I wanted to hit on? Yeah, I mean, I think I think the, the, hopefully for for our listeners, the takeaway from this conversation is just um, as you guys are spending time thinking about your project and thinking about your scope. Um, be careful and thoughtful that bigger is not always better and that um, smarter is better, right? We're, yeah. I don't think there's a scenario where we'd ever say smarter is not better, right? Oh, and, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, uh, and sometimes it's harder to be smarter when you're constrained, but that's what's really important. And, in fact, as you're looking and you're talking with people about doing renovation work with you, um, I'd push that point. And I'd, I'd, I'd push, you know, have, have people got experience working in um, smaller, older homes, spaces, and things like that because – the default position of just adding space is easy, um, not always right. And right. so so think through that, right? I actually 
really enjoy. My most favorite projects are the ones with the biggest space constraints mm -hmm. um, because it's like a puzzle that you put together. So it's a really, it's challenging and exciting all at the same time to think, okay, I don't have that much space to work in. How do I make it fantastic? Right. That's right. really exciting for uh, a good yeah. designer. And when, you, and when you come up with a plan, and you think to yourself, you know what? I don't think anyone else would have thought of this. And then you you can you know share that with your client, and the client can walk away with a substantively better outcome because they worked with you. That right. feels pretty cool. Yeah, that is right. That that's is pretty cool. cool. So yeah, so I think that's you know if I'm not mistaken, that's what the goal is. Right. That's the takeaway is just uh, encouraging our listeners when they're developing their projects to be more thoughtful and uh, and embrace the idea that you know bigger is not better. Yeah, and don't don't succumb to the man. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> that's right. Uh, so, all right. So, uh, you uh, wanted to also just share a little bit. Uh, we've been very fortunate lately. We've got, um, you know, Merrill, who's our producer, uh, gives me updates regularly. And we are, are we at 1,500 downloads, something like that, 1,400 downloads? Yeah. And so we are, uh, our downloads are going up. So we really appreciate that and appreciate everyone listening. Uh, and uh, and we're going to continue to try to bring you uh, interesting content that makes you want to share it with friends and uh, and continue to subscribe and download. So thank you very much, and we appreciate it. Yeah, we, we sure do. Yeah, and uh, so I am Dave Bryan. And I'm Brenda Bryan. And you've been listening to Renovation Made Right. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening. Be sure to check out the show notes on our website, renovationmaderight.com, and follow us on social media at Renovation Made Right. Don't forget to subscribe, and if you like the show, leave us a review.